Hey everyone and welcome to the storm is here. I did a video uh, in a long, um, hopefully long video series on uprisings happening all over the world. And the spotlight on the very first one was on Lebanon. And now I was exposing a lot of the corruption, uh, a lot of the unemployment, poverty, uprisings, protestings, you name it, that, would, that were happening in uh, Lebanon. Um, ever since 2019 and in fact probably probably even before that so the country of Lebanon has been suffering financially for the longest time and it was sort of a, a coincidence that uh, a day or so after the explosion happened in the um, in the warehouse facility which was basically housing a lot of the ammunition and, and fertilizer um, which essentially was blown up now I'm going to I'm going to play the video for you of the explosion and just just to witness the impact uh, of it it was uh, it was really uh, horrendous um, and the casualties that it, that it did cause and, and the carnage and the damage that it caused so let me let me play the video for you and then after the video I'm going to uh, read a, a few articles about the the whole ordeal um, now this is I guess this is from a cell phone um, in Beirut and this basically captures the the entirety of it so uh, let me play it for you guys so you, as, you, as you can see in this video here the the explosion and the the sonic boom to follow uh, after that was uh, it was I don't know if spectacular is, is the right word to use in in this context but um, if you see images of uh, where the warehouse was it's just basically a crater filled in with water by the uh, basically by the seaport there um, so anyways um, let's delve into some of the news articles. This is out of uh, NPR and the headline is Beirut explosion update. Uh, Lebanon detains 16 people as part of the inquiry. So they have done some investigation on it and they've uh, detained 16 people uh, perhaps who uh, maybe uh, were mismanaging the warehouse. Uh, anyways, this is uh, August 6, 2020, very recent. Uh, authorities in Lebanon have detained 16 people as part of an urgent investigation into the enormous explosion that devastated Beirut's port area and much of the city on Tuesday. The blast has been traced to an estimated 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate stored in a warehouse. Judge uh, Fadi Akiki, a government representative at the military court, said more than 18 people have been questioned so far including port and customs officials, according to Lebanon's state news agency. There are currently 16 people in custody, Kiki said, while others remain under investigation. Tuesday's blast killed at least 137 people and injured thousands more. Emergency crews have been working to find all the victims, uh, sifting through rubble and collapsed structures. And here's where it gets, it starts to get annoying here. Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron made a heralded visit 
to Beirut on Thursday saying he was there to offer support to Lebanon's people, but not necessarily to its government. So again, here, this is all Kabuki theater, folks, okay? He's, uh, he's basically uh, angling this to make it appear that um, he is not supporting the government, that he's actually supporting the people. And uh, again, we all know Macron's history, so um, I'll leave it at that for now. Uh, Thursday said, saying he was there to offer support to Lebanon's people, but not necessarily to government, to its governments. This explosion is the beginning of a new era, Macron said, describing French disaster aid as catalyst for political reform. Again, again, you have to be very weary when these um, when these politicians speak of new era, um, because then again, it just adds more fishiness to the whole explosion. It's sort of like again, I'm not going to. Uh, entertain any conspiracy theories because we're still trying to um, find out or they're still investigating to, to, to see what uh, what really happened and who was involved but then again maybe we'll probably never know um, what happened but again you know, I just find this very fishy that he just suddenly um, he's 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 hated in his own country by the yellow vest but then he shows up here in Lebanon and he is seen as uh, some sort of hero so it's really disturbing to be quite honest with you and then he says these keywords, you know, because they're all um, liars. Again, any politician that moves its mouth um, is uh, by default a liar. All right, so Lebanon is in need of a change of a new political contract, he said. Macron added, I am not here to support the state or the, or the government. I am here to support the Lebanese people. So I say that, that uh, in, again, in my last video, I basically uh, talked about the corruption that was happening for the longest time and let's not forget that lebanon was involved in a 15-year civil war coming out of the 80s uh, and ended in in the 90s and again um protests be probably began in october maybe before that uh, october of 2019 again where was macron where was macron then when the the politicians were basically plunging that country into bankruptcy it was nowhere to be found. All of a sudden, an explosion happens, and I guess it's a great photo op opportunity for Mr. Macron to, to sort of build up his popularity. These people are absolute opportunists, and any any chance they'll get, uh, um, even on other people's misery, they will do that. So anyways, let me continue on. Well-wishers and passerbys um, seem to ret return the sentiment as crowds gathered around Macron's when he surveyed the damage in Beirut streets. Many vented their fury at Lebanon's leaders, down with the regime, Beirut residents chanted uh, as Macron's group moved through the city. You can see there's a video here of him moving through um, a mob crowd with with the armed uh, military. The thousands of damaged buildings, including NPR's bureau in Beirut, the bureau's landlord is an architect who spent his career restoring traditional Lebanese homes, NPR's Ruth Sherlock said. He watched much of his life's work being destroyed in the blink of an eye, Sherlock said Thursday on Morning Edition. As he said, you know, Lebanese are used to damage from the country's 15 years of civil war. But this destruction was like the destruction of all the civil war in a single moment. Ammonium nitrate, like the material stored at the warehouse, is used for a range of purposes, from making fertilizers to powering bombs. Lebanon's leaders said that the uh, ammonium nitrate had been stored under dangerous conditions for years. And it seems the ammonium nitrate may actually have come on a ship that made an unscheduled stop at the, the uh, Beirut port in 2013 because of technical difficulties, Sherlock said, and then it was abandoned by the Russian businessman who leased it. Apparently, customs officials appealed six times to Lebanese courts for guidance on what to do, warning of the risk of keeping a dangerous substance in the crowded city. Again, 
the warnings were sent, they were notified, and um, uh, I guess if it all fell on deaf ears. So those details support suspicious. Um, those details support suspicious that the explosion was not the result of an attack, but simply the result of ne negligence. Um, many countries are sending emergency supplies and workers to Lebanon on Thursday. Aid carrying planes uh, came from Tunisia, Italy, Russia, Morocco. Humanitarian groups are also rushing aid to people. Nearly 80,000 children are displaced by the disaster, according to estimate from UNICEF. The power blast also damaged at least 12 healthcare facilities and destroyed a children's hospital in the uh, Caratina area. The aid organization says uh, it adds that 10 containers worth of personal protective equipment was also destroyed at the port, which had operated as a key entry point, uh, point for goods and aid for Lebanon. UNICEF is supporting the local authorities and partners, said Violet Speak uh, Warnery. The group's uh, deputy representative in Lebanon our teams have been working around the clock to support people affected with much needed assistance. Describing the catastrophes, uh, catastrophic uh, effects, Oxfam's uh, Lebanon policy lead, uh, Bashir Ayoub, says the damage was unimaginable and the recovery will take years. Uh, let me read this little bit of information here. Uh, Lebanon was already struggling to cope. The economy had been in a tailspin for the, the local currency. Uh, the local currency has lost approximately 80% of its value. In the last month, has seen a dramatic increase in coronavirus cases with hospitals already under pressure, Ayub said. People whose, whose homes have been damaged or completely destroyed will not be able to access their money to start to repair or rebuild. And essential items like wheat and medicine will soon be scarce as the port of Beirut, the major storage and supply point, has been obliterated. A massive effort will be required to recover. So again, um, they were already dealing with a, a depression, uh, an economic uh, collapse, and then of course this happens. And also they were dealing with the coronavirus, uh, just like any other country. And then this blast happens, which you know knocked out so much, just so much infrastructure damage. Um, it's um, again, it's going to be hard for the uh, Lebanese people to recover from this, but hopefully they will. Um, this is out of the New York Times. And as French, uh, the headline is, as French president visits Beirut, Lebanese ask where their leaders are. It was a day of funerals and fury in Beirut as residents clear their rubble from their streets, homes, and vented anger at their government. Um, visiting a neighborhood ravaged by this week's giant explosion in Beirut's port, the president looked residents in the eye, vowed to send food, and pursue a new political initiative expressed sorrow for the lives lost and shoved aside a bodyguard to give a woman a hug. The only hitch was that he was the president of France, not Lebanon. Less than 48 hours after the blast that shook Lebanon's capital, killed at least 145 people and left the entire neighborhoods virtually uninhabitable. President Emmanuel Macron of France on Thursday did what no senior Lebanese politician has. He came to, the, he came to see the suffering firsthand. The distinction was not lost on the Lebanese as they cleaned the rubble from their streets and homes, bury their dead, and ponder where the billions needed to fix their capital will come. They have seen few signs that their political leaders will help in their time of need. I don't want France to send money to these corrupt people, said Kulan Hanin, sitting outside his damaged auto parts store near where Mr. Macron had walked. Let him take all these politicians with him or let, uh, let him be our president. 
uh, as the toll from Tuesday's blasts and the indications of governmental neglect that led to it became increasingly clear, the recovery effort has been largely shouldered by Lebanese citizens while countries across the globe have ch chipped in. Of course, no. Look, uh, physically, this is only going to be fixed by the Lebanese people, okay? The, the politicians are just uh, parasites. They just suck on the host, which are the Lebanese people. And basically, there is no more blood. There's no more blood to suck because it's been uh, sucked dry. So again, the Lebanese people have had to endure so much um, in the last 20 years. And, you know, they're very tough, strong people uh, and highly intelligent people, to, to, to say the least. Okay, let me continue on here. Um, on Thursday alone, Cyprus, the neighboring island nation where many felt the blast, sent doctors. Denmark sent cash. Italy, Jordan, and China sent medics and medical equipment. The United Nations announced that it was releasing 9 million to aid Beirut's hospitals, three of which were blown out of commission by the explosion. It was unclear how much those uh, contributions would address the tremendous need left by the explosion, which registered as a minor earthquake in the neighboring countries displaced more than 250,000 people from their homes and came on the heels of a financial crisis that had sent many Lebanese sliding toward poverty before the blast hit. Beirut's government estimated the damage at $3 billion. In many of the hardest hit areas, foreign crews joined armies of Lebanese volunteers to distribute food and help people clear glass and rubble from their homes and streets. It's an individual initiative, said Joel Debs, a member of a volunteer group that was distributing sandwiches and wielding shovels and brooms when not expecting much from the government or the municipality. At times, the cleanup crews would erupt with anger at the government they blamed for destroying the neighborhood, chanting revolution, revolution, or shouting profanities about President Michael Ayoun. Uh, a fight broke out in front of the Lebanese Red Cross building in Jimiza, a heavily damaged area after someone insulted Mr. Ayoun and fans of the president pushed back Soon a Red Cross tent had been torn down, one man's head was bleeding, and onlookers intervened to stop several men from rushing into the fray with the shovels. Uh, other volunteers uh, teared up at the partnership on display, which many Lebanese blame uh, for their government's perpetual inability to get anything done. We'll never have a country, one said. We already don't have a country, another answered. Anger at the country's ruling class had been rising since last fall when protests broke out in Beirut and other cities calling for its ouster because of years of mismanagement and corruption. Since then, a financial crisis has sent the Lebanese currency into a steep dive and shaken the economy, increasing unemployment lockdowns aimed at slowing the spread of the coronavirus increased the economic uh, pain. And as mentioned in the last article, the, the, the dollar, the Lebanese dollar, I'm not sure what it's called, lost up to 80% of its value. Um, the Tuesday explosion hit, followed by indications that it was caused by the accidental combustion of 2,750 tons of explosive chemicals that have been stored in the port since 2014, despite multiple warnings from the port officials that they were dangerous. Prime Minister Hassan Diab has vowed to hold accountable anyone found responsible for the blast after an investigation, but the government has released a few details on its findings so far. On Thursday, the central bank said it had frozen the accounts of the heads of the Beirut port and the Lebanese Customs Authority and five others, presumably in connection with the investigation. But many Lebanese doubt they, the, that real accountability will be achieved in a country where top politicians enriched through corruption, uh, live in a guarded enclaves, and are usually seen in public only when their armored convoys of black SUVs with tinted windows zoom through traffic 
None of them have suffered in the neighbors and the neighborhoods most damaged in the blast, but some have been caught in public anger elsewhere. On Wednesday, protesters rushed the convoy of former Prime Minister Saad Hariri, whose um, bodyguards tackled a woman uh, who kicked one of the vehicles. So that's how these people are, okay? They're just parasites, okay? And uh, again, this poor woman is probably suffering um, tremendously, is expressing her anger by kicking a vehicle, and then, of course, she gets tackled. This is just the absolute respect that they show for the citizens, the taxpayers, the people that actually make Lebanon what it is. All right, let me continue on here. Uh, the conspicuous absence of political leaders drew a sharp, sharp contra uh, contrast to Mr. Macron's presence. Uh, coincidence, coincidence. Is, I mean, isn't this uh, just so odd, uh, peculiar? You know, uh, not a single politician. Uh, they were there to collect the money, but uh, when... Uh, when all you know, when the shit hits the fan, basically, then all of a sudden the the knight in shining ar uh, knight in shining armor shows up, Mr. Macron, and um, again, it's just another photo op opportunity. Okay, let me continue on. Wearing a skinny black tie with the sleeves rolled up, uh, Mr. Macron toured the blast site and waded into the crowd that had gathered uh, a hard-hit neighborhood to see him. Times pulling down the surgical mask he wore to protect against the coronavirus, he chanted with residents, waved to groups watching from balconies, and gave fist pumps to people filming him with their iPhones. Um, now, th th again, this just makes me sick here. I'll read this part here. Uh, this is in quotations. Uh, I see the emotion on your face, the sadness, the pain, he told one group, speaking of the deep historic ties between their countries, which go back to when Lebanon was a French colony. This is why I'm here. He vowed to marshal aid for the displaced and promised that it would not go to corrupt hands and in indirect at Lebanon's politicians. Okay, uh, let me read this little uh, bit here. Bystanders shouted insults and Mr. Ayoun chanted for the toppling of the government. Mr. Macron said he planned to talk to the country's leaders about a new political pact. Now, he mentioned that he was going to ignore the politicians and all of a sudden he's going to make a deal with them. So again, this is all kabuki theater. Uh, that's all it is. It's just showboating, photo op opportunities. That's all it is. What is also needed here is political change. He said this, is, this explosion should be the start of a new era. Again, there's that, there's that buzz phrase start of a new era okay now i don't know about you i'm thinking that the era is going to be a new era but there's no indication of how the era is going to be and again it's just a coincidence that all of a sudden he sh uh, shows up there after the blast after the explosion it wasn't there for the years that lebanon was uh, mired in corruption but then again when the explosion happened uh, there he is, again, the knight in, in shining armor. Before leaving Lebanon, Mr. Macron said he had presented Lebanese leaders with a list of urgent reforms that needed to be carried out to unlock billions of dollars in international funds. Okay, people, again, please don't get caught. Don't get caught in the wording. Okay, words are could be very deceiving, okay? I just let me highlight this here for a second. Words can be very deceiving. Now, they're going to talk to leaders. Okay, urgent reforms that need to be carried out to unlock them. So now, again, these billions of dollars that are going to be unlocked in international funds. Now, we all know that the IMF is the International Mafia, uh, sorry, the International Mafia uh, Foundation. And, of course, they're going to lend uh, money out to, uh, you know, to Lebanon. And, again, they're going to attach conditions. Uh, these conditions uh, are uh, usually harsh. Actually, most times they are very harsh. They have to cut... Uh, 
government workers. Uh, they lean more towards uh, privatization, higher taxes. Uh, and again, the, the country of Lebanon has already been suffering in uh, such an, a, an economic um, depression. Now they're going to be met with uh, international funding from the IMF, which is not going to make things uh, better. Again, look, look, ask countries like uh, Ecuador, uh, Haiti, uh, tons of other countries that are uh, basically their central banks are controlled by the IMF and, and they'll tell you uh, what a, a crap show it is every time the IMF comes in and tries to bail out the country. Uh, again, they're always followed by restrictions and conditions and they usually are not in favor of the citizens. All right, so uh, Mr. Macron is, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is not the, the problem. He's the symptom of the problem. And this is a picture, um, not recently, but this is basically happening in France, the yellow vest. Um, and again, this is in, in opposition. Um, this is in protest of the government, uh, which includes obviously Mr. Macron. Uh, again, he's not the problem. He's a symptom of the problem. The problem is more systemic. It's a deep rooted issue that needs to be resolved. And the people of France are trying to do that. Now, <clears throat> uh, was uh, in those two articles we're reading how the Lebanese people are so desperate that they will basically take anybody. Um, and right now they're seeing Mr. Macron as some sort of savior. I think this is very dangerous because again, um, you know, there's that saying by David Icke, you know, problem, reaction, solution. Um, and basically that's what's what's happening in Beirut and all over the world. Um, again, I'm, I'm not going to indulge in conspiracy theories because again, we don't have all the information out yet of what really happened. I guess it's going to take some time and, and maybe some things might um, unveil themselves. But again, it's just all the timing of it, uh, the timing of it is just, um, uh, it, it really is a, a perfect timing with all what's happening in Lebanon. So uh, all I say is just please, you know, question everything that you see. Um, please don't take the, the uh, official narrative as fact. Um, again, I always encourage people to look at uh, smaller uh, independent uh, news media or independent journalists. Uh, and source, I mean, source as many um, media outlets as possible. And, and again, please, uh, if you can, shut off mainstream news. Shut your TV off. It's nothing but lies and propaganda and, and brainwashing. That's all it is. It's, uh, it's really also a fear-mongering uh, machine. It's, again, it's, it's keeping people in fear. Because, again, fear is probably one of the best tools for control. So, anyways, guys, <clears throat> I'm going to do... I'm going to be continuing on with the video series of uprisings happening all over the world. I hope you guys can uh, tune in and uh, and watch. And please, again, if you like the video and you like the content, subscribe to our channel, um, share the information, and hit the notification bell for future videos to come. All right, guys, um, please stay united. And until next time, take care.